Welcome to the Urban Futures Podcast. This podcast is made possible by the Nestling Foundation, enabling learning, communication, and debate on the future sustainable development of urban cores. And joining us today from the University of Helsinki is Maria Nesimaki. Maria is an environmental sociologist, and she is speaking with us today to talk about her latest research, the fifth dimension of green roofs in urban areas, where she uses empathy as a method of inquiry to study green roofs in the city of Helsinki. Maria, let's begin by talking about your personal story and what has inspired you to become a social scientist and to study green roofs. Uh, the first thing is that I have always been fond of cities and that's why I have seemed to be involved with urban questions. And the other one is that I'm enthusiastic for saving the world and uh, caring yeah. of, of the nature and and all that's very important to me. And the third thing is that I'm really, um, I'm really excited about how societies work, how, how people live together and how do they make all these institutions and how they affect each other and where are the power relations and how how this this whole world has become like this it's really really crazy to think of all the alternative mm. ways that it could have mm. gone but so uh, so i wanted to combine urban questions uh thinking <laughs> about the possibilities of societies and environment and almost 10 years ago uh with my colleague susanna lehvävirta I, I worked for University of Helsinki before that in, in other projects, but then that was some kind of a turning point for uh, cities have problems. Urbanization causes all kinds of mm -hmm. problems. Uh, there's noise, there's traffic, there's pollution, and uh, green spaces are shrinking, and oh God, biodiversity, mm. what do we do with the six extinction and, and all those problems? And uh, why not take something that is sort of new and innovative and funny and inspiring? And then mm -hmm. we came up with building integrated vegetation. And uh, why not green cities like all over and, and uh, bring space to threaten plant species and everything like that and a nice, cozy uh, urban environment for people. And that's why we started the research program. This is very interesting because you also use empathy as a method. Why empathy? Uh, well, what, what we have been doing in the research program, that's uh, for the first thing is that it's multidisciplinary. So there are people from all kinds of areas or have been uh, a couple of years or someone less and someone more. And uh, like, Solution, like solution-oriented thinking, like putting the problem or challenge in the table and thinking with all these biologists, ecologists, economics, uh, life cycle analysis people, and then law people and whoever, that that what could be the solutions for these problems, and and somehow around that context or way of working. Uh, I was the one who was supposed to take care of the human side okay. <laughs> of it all. And uh, uh, green roofs are sort of 
um, when we started talking about green roofs, people asked that, what is that? Is it a, a roof that's painted green or <laughs> what? And uh, we realized that, uh, well, there's a long way to go with this, mm -hmm. that we can really introduce mm -hmm. this kind of an innovation in Finland. And uh, then I started thinking, or we started thinking of, of what would people like to have, mm -hmm. you know, there's nothing like this yet, so why not inquire about their perceptions or hopes or wishes or dreams? And I had studied future study studies before and also some urban planning like some courses. And, and I, 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 I was sort of soaked at that time in the future studies thinking and, and all those principles. And, and, and I was so delighted with the possibility of how to construct a positive future mm -hmm. with research. Because, uh, you know, it's not a, perhaps the most traditional way of, of but, but the core idea of future studies is to construct a positive mm -hmm. future, as I have understood yeah. somehow. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I thought that uh, could this method that I had used in, an, in another project before uh, made a small study with, with school, school children and, and tested it and thought that this is a nice, nice way of inquiring dreams so that you know when when you as a sociologist you make an interview you, you use your own terms and concepts and why not m let people use their own words and then use their imagination and, and I thought this is a perfect tool and, and that's the origins yeah. of of why I took that into the agenda in the fifth dimension group and green roofs make a good case for the inner city where you have high density and basically very little green space on the ground to act um, in Helsinki, the discourse might be a little bit different because, of course, uh, Helsinki does not have the density that other cities may have. In addition to that, there is vast amount of green space. What do you think made the big case for Finland to start experimenting with the green roofs? Well, uh, we sort of we sort of ex uh, imported this idea in Finland. We started with like searching for companies construction companies that we could establish our experimental green roofs on. Then we started immediately, immediately, immediately uh, discuss with urban planners and, uh, and uh, the landscape con contractor mm -hmm. sector and architects, all, all kinds of planners, landscape designers, architects. And uh, we applied money for various kinds of projects. And one was like for uh, for discussing with these, bringing these people into the same table and, and asking that, what are the burning questions? And, and then one issue came up that even though you said that we, <laughs> we don't have the densification problem, yeah. we actually have, because climate change is bringing these heavy rains. Mm -hmm. And in Finland, we have had rains in urban areas that have cost millions of euros. One in Pori, uh, oh. several in Helsinki, has, in Turku has there been? Mm, I don't know. Maybe not so much. Yeah, mm -hmm. but, but the urban planners faced the problem that this is going to cost a lot when the rain comes 
a lot of rain at the same time. Mm -hmm. the, the ground level technique, you know, the sewage system just doesn't take it. Mm -hmm. So the flood comes and it costs a lot. But it's surprising how much water green roofs can really take in. They are like sponges. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. I've seen it. We have been looking at our experimental green roofs, like when, it, when there's a heavy rain from a normal roof, just pushed down. But from the green roof, it's just a couple of drops. So, so it, 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 the sponge takes the rain in it, and then later it comes down, and then the sewage system can handle it. And that's one of the main reasons all over the world, I guess, that green roofs are used, because this flooding problem, urban floods, they're really a bad problem. The other one, even it might also <laughs> sound really absurd in Finland, is the heat island effect. So the city gets very hot. And last summer, we had <laughs> 2018, old people died from heat mm. for the, I don't know, perhaps for the first time in, in, in such a volume. Oh, but, but. So like, like it was, realize that, hey, we have to cool down mm -hmm. the environment. Mm -hmm. And plants, they are perfect for cooling. Mm -hmm. You know, on normal roof, and this has been studied a lot, on normal roof, uh, like bitumen roof or, or that kind of black one, uh, the temperature when it's a hot summer day mm. may be 80 degrees Celsius. But mm -hmm. when there is a green roof, the temperature is about the same that there's surrounding air. So yeah. if it's 30 degrees, it's 30 mm -hmm. degrees, 25, 25. So you can imagine that if, if there's a hot day, are you, do you prefer to be in the forest or somewhere in the like, like parking place? So these two things were the drivers for urban planners to realize that we need these kinds of innovations in Finland too. And what we wanted to do, <laughs> as at that time our project, our program was established at the Finnish Museum of Natural History, and uh, and then we moved to, to to the Environment Department later. But at that time, promoting biodiversity was the thing we wanted to take to the table. And urban biodiversity is something we really, really have to take care of. And uh, that was our motivation to bring that issue in the table. So that's mm. a long story. <laughs> that is correct. And then the, the green roofs, as we know, they have all these qualities and benefits. So we talk about the environmental as, as being one and dealing with local climate. And But however, you have approached also another layer of green roots, which is the social layer. Mm. And uh, you have applied an interesting futures method, which you call it the empathy-based stories. Yeah. So why don't we talk a little bit about this yes, method? Yes. <laughs> because it's a very interesting method on how uh, the sensory experiences of people are connected to their direct environment. Mm. Let's talk about those very specific qualities that you found in your experiential potential uh, method. Mm. Well, the, yeah, the starting point was that at that time when we collected the first data set, 
post 2012, and, and green roofs were quite an, I'm sure, idea like a dot. Uh, and we were able to inquire something that doesn't almost yet exist, at least in Finland. So that was the starting point for that. So collect dreams of how people envision urban green roofs. So the method is basically about asking people to write stories according to a framework called a script that uh, is uh, it's a, sh a very short framework that uh, is the context where the respondent is supposed to empathize with. So, and it can be anything, but uh, one, uh, one special thing in, in the method of empathy-based stories is that you can use a script with different variables, uh, different versions, and that those are sort of variables so that you can compare the scripts script versions with each other. So you can find some differences. And in, uh, in this study, we uh, search for differences between, for example, types of buildings, what kinds of green roofs people envisage on, on, on the buildings they live in or work. That was one setting. We used other settings too, but that's the basic principle. Mm -hmm. And then when the respondent uses his or her own words and imagination, it allows, like, it offers the researcher with sometimes really great ideas that, for example, a basic interview wouldn't really. So it's, it's like, uh, it's about, it's very useful in explorative studies and if you want to test some ideas, so, so mm. that's, that's why we use it. So the whole idea is actually that you are not too much kind of a predefining yeah. what they might come up with in terms of, uh, in, in terms of the themes or topics or I, wanted, I want to see this happening or that. So yeah. it's more like really enabling uh, the uh, the respondent to to, yeah. to really to say what is probably in his or her mind. Yeah, and it's surprising how how well people can really express. Mm -hmm. Like those stories are amazing, and they are not afraid at all all of the task of of writing writing their thoughts. Mm. It's been surprisingly nice. Yeah, yeah. So these are not dreams. These are. Just perceptions, aspirations, of aspirations mm -hmm. of yeah. the space. Yeah, yeah, and and it depends on how it, what what you are trying to find answer for. So, it, so you, uh, one basic thing about this method is designing the scripts very carefully. You have to really think so that you don't like instruct too much. You just mm. sort of paint some kind of a situation mm. and then let the Respondents use their own imagination for creating the world around the screen. Mm. Uh, so, so you have to really spend time for designing the scripts, but then gathering the knowledge. Like, for example, uh, if you are studying school children, like you go to the class and you get 30 stories in half an mm -hmm. hour. So it's really easy to collect, but mm. then, then again, uh, quite time consuming to analyze. And, and when we talk about the nuances, let's move into your results and the nuances that you found applying your method. What will define the green roof method or strategy in a city like Helsinki as opposed to any other city in the world? What are those nuances? Huh. 
Well, you know, uh, the amount of literature about green roofs in general has expanded during the last 10 or 15 years. There's, there are hundreds of, of papers of stormwater management or, or mitigating the heat island effect. But then this human aspect is almost totally missing. There's one study, one, only one sort of qualitative or similar kind of study that was made in Toronto and Chicago. And the experiential potential that Angela Lauder is the other is quite similar. It's surprisingly similar than the, that experiential potential that, that I found in Finland. So there are themes that are like uh, these strong positive feelings like joy and love and admiration and close contact with nature. They, they were surprisingly similar. But then again, if you think of, of all that work that's done with the ground level green, there are thousands mm. of papers mm. about that. Mm. You mentioned also somewhere that it was, um, uh, that there is that type of a cultural difference that I think you were talking about the Americans, that they, they, they like to have the green roof mm. really in, um, in organized in a one sort of a pattern, in a mm. one way, and they have this kind of a strong concept that mm. it should be kind of a settled yeah. thing. And so, and, and then you were sort of a contrasting that with the, with the more like a Finnish views, the who, who many of like to see it more kind of a free uh, of growing and, mm. <laughs> and, and, and so that is, that is actually quite interesting. So there is this huge, uh, I mean, uh, kind of a scope of different ways of dealing what is actually being planted there. Yeah, the well, road. interesting thing about Angela Lauder's work was that, you know, preference is uh, another thing than, than the experiential potential. Mm. People can say that I like this over that, and still that's like quite, quite a shallow thing to say. Her study in USA, the result was that even though they might have preferred the formal design more, they actually got the best experiential kicks from the more natural-like. So that's really interesting. So maybe that points out the fact that they, they just hadn't sort of uh, experienced that there. And once they mm -hmm. experienced, mm -hmm. they realized that it's actually mm -hmm. much more exciting to mm -hmm. have it that mm -hmm. way. But their preconception was that it should be organized yeah. in yeah. any yeah. other Garden-like, garden -like, like, yes, yeah. yes. Mm. That is true. And, and uh, then the other experiential uh, things about, like, if you compare with the ground level studies, uh, I said one is the really, really strong positive uh, feelings. Mm -hmm. And one special thing is the sort of high experience. You know, like climbing on a mountain, there's, you are, you are free to breathe, you, mm. you really, you can meditate, you can see far, you can rest your eyes in the horizon and feel really, really free and it's spacious, you know, that feeling. And that was something that was really a strong theme. And, and then the third one was, that also surprised me, the amount of mentions of social interaction, how much sharing and and you know doing things together in a, on a roof garden or or all kinds of those plenty of 
various mentions concerning social interaction and, and support, supporting uh, uh, social cohesion and community identity mm. and things like that. That was sort of surprising because mm. Finns usually say, I like to go to the forest alone or mm. with my best mm. friend or with mm. my dog and then be mm. there alone and in peace. Mm. Of course, mm. being in peace was one theme here too, but if you think of those that are different from, then I think those three ca came up mm. quite strongly. And then I want to raise uh, one more <laughs> experience that we found in our other study, an on-roof survey, was that Angela Lowry also found was hope for the future. So green roofs were considered a signs of a better future, uh, a cozy, green, com more comfortable city, a city that respects people. And I think that's, when you think about constructing mm. a better future, that's mm. a really, really... Mm -hmm. So it's like a symbol, really, yeah. for something which is out of this usual quite cold context yeah. of, the, of the urban yeah. environment. Yeah. Even though this on-roof survey was made on a very, very spartan kind of roof, very small, a mm -hmm. really, really barren mm -hmm. vegetation. So our conclusion was that it's, it was not perhaps the side itself, mm. it was the idea of mm. greening the city. Yeah, that so it has a symbolic value. Yes. Mm. And that I call it futurist city, if you think of historicity, then mm -hmm. there's a futurist city kind of attitude or experience that you can create with these kinds of new nature-based solutions. Yeah. But I just have to say one thing. If somebody thinks that green roofs can replace the ground-level greenery, that is not true. Green roofs can't offer that kind of a volume of ecosystem services that uh, an urban mm -hmm. forest or park or even, tree. well, perhaps a big tree can sometimes be better than in, in producing ecosystem services. It's the entity, it's the whole design of green city, like considering the whole city as a recreational area, that it's not only rec recreational green spaces that you put in the, mm. in the city plan, but it's like where you can sprinkle the green so that every time anyone goes out, mm. the green is into vicinity. It's because mm. mm. even small green spaces can offer very many benefits if they are close to mm. people and if they are designed properly. Mm. So you need to know the needs of people. Absolutely. That's that's very important to realize. This concludes our episode on the fifth dimension of green roofs for urban areas. Thank you for listening. See you next time.